Is there any way to portray the beauty of sex and sexuality in art, particularly film, that isn't also exploitive and harmful? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, my fellow aspiring obnoxious intellectuals. Welcome to the Overthinkers. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, root beer enthusiast. And with me, please introduce yourself, my fellow nefarious co-host. I am Nathan Clarkson. I am a, an actor, a filmmaker, an author. I was going to add something every time. Um, an aspiring break dancer, I think, is going to be the one this time. I was super good in high school, so that's that you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, you should you should pick that up again. I think I will. <laughs> well, and to my right, I have someone who I uh, uh, lovingly tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, uh, yes, we have for the first time on our three episodes so far podcast. We have a guest. We have here. Would you introduce yourself, please, for the audience? Of course. Uh, my name is Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, a writer, also married to uh, Nathan Clarkson. Lucky you. <laughs> I'm very oh, cool. that's, why <laughs> that's why your last name is Clarkson. It's not just a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. So much more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. We're really glad to have you. So, um, because we are, we, we really like to keep things, you know, on a small scale, keep, you know, humble, manageable topics on the show. We decided for our third episode, we would talk about sex, nudity, sexuality, and art. Yes. Little so, topics. I don't, you know, no one's opinion topics. is about. Exactly. Yeah. And we will solve all problems related to it in under an hour. So you, you heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, you know, there's post, especially the Me Too movement. There's there's a lot of discussion around uh, sex in 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 art and the media, oversexualization, hypersexualization, nudity, all of those things. You there on the one hand, you know, we have this whole we have this whole sort of cultural debate going on. On the one hand, we have people who are talking about, oh, look, you know, sex is a part of the human experience, and if you're you know a person of faith, it's like, oh, it's a beautiful thing that God created, and the human form is something beautiful that God created. You know, Hollywood has been a big part of wanting to, you know, portray sex in basically everything that they can get their hands on, as well as, you know, lots of people in the artistic community, in the artistic community. On the other hand, you have a lot of people who have been, you know, for a long time, this odd, unusual alliance between conservative Christians, feminists, and psychologists, who are constantly warning about the dangers of, of you know, over-sexualization, whether it be in, you know, uh, low self-esteem for the people who are being over-sexualized or for the harmful effects of porn or related things on the minds of people who consume it. And this is not a new thing. I mean, you know, the, the, the conversation about arts and sex and sexuality has been with us, like, almost since, you know, the dawn of Christendom, you know, the Greeks and Romans like to have do sex in all of the art things. Uh, Hercules 
had sex with everything. And, you know, the uh, Greeks followed suit. And uh, then the, um, you know, Christian uh, civilization basically said, like, nope, sex in none of our art things. Uh, whether it's Irish dancing, where everyone has to be, like, straight like a pole, or, you know, in the um, uh, Renaissance, where you had Michelangelo wanting to do this great, you know, human form of David, and then he puts it in a church, and everyone's like, nope, put clothes on him. Um, so, but now, I mean, you know, it's, we have the debate now, it's similar, same debate as we've always been having. And, you know, there's a lot of people, whether you're a person of faith, or whether you're just really interested in the um, cultural conversation, like I said, post uh, Me Too movement, especially, there's been room to say, what, what are the harms that come with this? And is there a positive way, a non-exploitive, non-hurtful way to portray and uh, celebrate um, sex, human form, and all those things in our art forms. So um, on that note, I would start, like to start with our, uh, our wonderful guest, Keely Clarkson, um, to sort of ask the question. So growing up, I want to start, I want to start, well, let me back up. I want to start this sort of in three parts. One is sort of looking at our relationship and our thoughts on this as consumers of the arts, and then as participants in the arts, and then as you know, creators of the arts. So on the first point, Keely, I wanted to get your thoughts. Growing up, did you, what were your thoughts on, you know, uh, sex or over objectification in art? Did you have, did you see it as toxic early on? Uh, was that something that came later or did you see it, just think of it as normal? Um, what were your sort of thoughts on that growing up as sort of, you know, just being part of this culture we have with us now? So um, it's interesting because I was raised somewhat Catholic, but okay. I was still raised, uh, I feel like in a very secular world. So okay. I, um, I went to just a regular private school. None of the friends I hung out with were believers. And so in a lot of ways, I um, kind of functioned in society uh, without much religion. And so the whole Christian, like, oh, you know, we have to be kind of scared of sex and nudity. That was not really a thing that was um, given to me as a kid. So it's interesting when I was younger and I would see um, movies that had really explicit sex scenes or just female nudity. Cause you know, if we're being honest, that's generally the kind of nudity that we see. Um, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I would, I didn't know why, but I was just kind of bothered by it. Hmm. And I was like, am I just like a total prude? Like I didn't understand why something in it just felt like really wrong to me. Um, and then as an actress, I would constantly get these um, breakdowns for auditions saying, oh, okay, yeah, we, you know, we would love to have you come in and audition, but just so you know, like, this role has a lot of nudity, and we'll pay you, like, a hundred dollars a day for it, and so it just always felt really, like, just strange to me, and I didn't understand yeah. why, and then as I started becoming um, more of a believer, I started understanding why it felt so wrong to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting to hear you speak from, and I'm glad you're here, because you know, as uh, we joke all the time, having a couple of straight white Christian males comment on everything yes. um, from our perspective, even though we're always right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to hear perspective from a uh, a woman's 
side of the story, especially one who didn't grow up in the faith cultures we did. Right. And especially one who exists in the acting industry. Right. Because I, I've acted for um, over a decade. I've lived in Hollywood in New York. And I I think, I'm gonna, I don't think I've ever maybe once been asked to do anything I was, uh, expose any part of myself. And I, and most of my friends, my male friends would say the same thing. They were never asked to use their body for quote unquote art. So that, that kind of explanation as to why we use it goes for it. Yes. Well, yeah, you're all missing out, you know, <laughs> but, but the reality is this is something that affects more often affects, I'm sure will continue to affect more and more people in general, but it affects young women. And it's interesting to hear Kelia say that she had um, kind of a, a, a tug on her heart, even before she had yeah. this grid of faith saying something's wrong here. And this was before she um, even came to, you know, really study and, and accept and hold on to the belief about the body's inherent beauty and value and sacredness. But there was something in her that said, this is wrong. And I wonder how many women who enter this and who are asked to do these things have that same voice saying, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to use my body for a dollar. I don't, this is not what I want to do. But how often um, society in general, and especially the culture of Hollywood, kind of pushes, manipulates, and soothes them into these situations where they can be exploited. And I think that's exactly what it is. I think what we see a lot in art right now is our women's bodies being exploited. And I'm curious, Kelia, real quick, just to push this back to you. When you were asked, whether in classes, whether in um, indie films or even in big films or even when you get asked to audition um, and you see you know actors must be okay with topless or full nudity what does it make you feel like as a person versus the times when you're asked to um, use a you know have a script that you can really dig deeply into someone's life heart and mind how are those how do those things feel when you get asked to audition slash be in these projects yeah um I mean, the unfortunate truth is I've been asked to expose my body in classes, you know, all throughout my acting career and also a lot of indie films and um, just so many auditions I've been on. I've, you know, I've had that moment where they ask, yeah, like, okay, are you okay with this? And it really always just feels so kind of unfair because I feel like well okay if I want my dreams to come true it kind of feels like this is what I'm supposed to do but I really really don't want to do this um yeah so I guess I guess unfair and just um degrading would be two words yeah. that come to mind yeah in immediately yeah yeah well you know it's, it's interesting you make that point because Akili you actually wrote an article for um, the EV online magazine where you talked about how all of these um, there are a lot of actresses that are you know coming out and you know talking about their experiences of exactly that what what uh, you know Nathan Clarkson described you described that and that they really you know did not want to be in the scenes you know whether it's um, uh, Mila Clark from Game of Thrones or Natalie yeah. Dormer um, or even um, excuse me, even you know, for, for, for Christians, you know, Madeline Carroll actually, uh, who played the um, uh, Shannon in I Can Only Imagine, she talked about that same experience that like when once she got to be a certain age, 
all she was getting offered was roles where she had to be topless. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think it's one, uh, one thing I think is interesting is that you talked about having grown kind of in a, a secular um, environment. And so you didn't really have an, a language to describe what you were feeling about why it was wrong. And what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of feminist literature also that was critiquing this for a very long time. And I was wondering if you were exposed to that ever growing up and that was a sort of a, a something that gave you a language to talk about it before you entered sort of the faith community and got that language to talk about it. Actually, um, I feel like what I was always exposed to growing up were uh, a lot of women saying it should be empowering for us. Mm. Um, this mm. is us taking our bodies back. We are, mm. uh, you know, the hashtag free the nipple thing. We're um, <laughs> taking the power away from uh, our our sexualization, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting that the way they take you take the power, you being. Um, a modern woman, the way you take the power back from being sexualized is to take off your clothes, yeah. but just this time be proud of it. Isn't that funny? Like that seems like a really great salesman yes. to whoever convinced women to do that. I know, yes. I know. Yeah. Um, the way we get the power back is giving men what they want. Yeah, exactly. It, essentially, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. No, that's so no, such, I that's, feel like a lot of times when I would express that I thought it was wrong for, um, women to feel just so pushed into mm. nudity. Uh, I feel like I was met with so many people saying, what are you just ashamed of a female form? What do you just yeah. hate, you know, yeah. your body? You, you're just insecure, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Nathan, like how did you grow up? Cause you grew up in this whole environment and you have a different sort of perspective because you were less likely to be asked to be nude but you also were in an environment where you saw a lot of nudity and you saw a lot of, you know, you know, I don't, but I, you know, I don't know how your parents sort of, how much they let you watch and what things you were exposed to. What was your understanding and, and wrestling with, with that growing up? You know, it's interesting. A lot of the kids who grew up in environments like you and I, and in, in the more, um, uh, I hesitate to put, term line, but the, the Christian kids, label, the youth group label. kids, yeah, yeah. label, <laughs> the youth group kid culture, you know, I remember my first PG-13 movie was Lord of the Rings, obviously, which has um, very little sexuality yeah. or nudity, um, but I, I was lucky enough to grow up in a family, because I know a lot of kids weren't, um, in which, you know, we, I, I wasn't given, I kissed dating goodbye when I turned 14, sure. I wasn't made to be scared right. of sexuality and bodies, in fact, I was told they were beautiful things, right. um, and, but the message that I got that really stuck with me through my entire career in Hollywood, and still does, is that the most beautiful things are to be saved for the most beautiful places, mm. and I always love that, so it wasn't a fear-based message, it wasn't one of, this is bad, because I feel like Christi Christians and Christianity, at least the subculture of, had this kind of like, oh, bodies are bad, attraction sure. is bad, and you have this entire generation of women on the other side saying, oh, I, I'm inherently bad, my body, it, it, it sure, tempts yeah. people, and it, ooh. Mm -hmm. and it, rather, it was a message to me saying, Nathan, bodies are good and beautiful and you will you're going to be made to be attracted right. to the person you end up with but there are special places for this there are sacred places where this is good and so i think i was really lucky enough to have that 
grid uh, and that mentality going into my career that this isn't a bad, scary thing, but it is a sacred and beautiful thing. And beautiful things are made to be saved for beautiful moments. And I remember that hit me um, really hard. I mean, a small story from my time in Hollywood when I um, was cast. Love in, those stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I was, it, was, it was a big moment for me because I was cast in this very big Oscar award-winning director's film. I'm not going to say the film. Um, <laughs> Or the director, because you know I'm hoping he'll cast me again. But um, <laughs> but I got cast. We're just showing in this you film. how the sausage is made. Authenticity. Exactly. Yeah. We but still want to get work. It was a hey, come on, you, you guys got to work, got to pay bills. Yeah. But it was a it was a it was a big deal. It was only a couple lines, but it was with um, big actors. It was a big Oscar movie. And I was so excited. I went there, I was on set. You know, I, I got to dress up and do my lines and be in the in the scene, which got cut, by the way, um, which is a pretty regular thing. I'm sure I'll have a whole Likely another episode scared. on the disappointment of <laughs> artists. But my scene got cut, but I did film it. And I remember the beginning of the day when I got to set, I met this young woman and we had we had breakfast together. We were talking, we were so excited. Both of us got a part in this. We were kind of, you know, we were no names. It was so much fun to be a part of this big project. And we were talking, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go do my scene and, you know, uh, we waved each other off and yeah. we went and did, yeah, our, I went and did my scene. And at lunch, um, she came out of her scene and she was in a robe and she sat down to at lunch, but something had changed. And mm-hmm. I could tell something was different in her and the, and the little group that had been hanging out, um, you know, tried to talk to her and, and she was still friendly, but she was kind of closed off and shut off and yeah. seemed um, something, something was different. And uh, I, I, you know, I asked them, so is she okay? And it turned out she had just done a scene, uh, a close set scene with the lead actor uh, and a very, very explicit love scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, love might be the wrong word. I should just say sex scene. Yeah. It was a very explicit sex scene where she had to, um, you know, perform uh, fa- or at least simulate fake sexual acts and, and reveal her body. And, um, you know, of course she knew this before coming in. Of course she right. knew what she would have to do. Um, but it was interesting to me that even knowing this, even her excitement about being part of a big project, um, there was still a visceral change in her. And it seemed, of course, I'm just you know projecting all this, but it seemed, I can only imagine as a young woman, that you were only there because you, you were willing to give your body, not because of anything else. And, and that feels awful to think about how many young women are pressured into this. But it is a hard thing. I want to push this back to you, Joseph, about art is... Um, you know, the something that makes something beautiful and good, a piece of art, is authenticity and right. realism and capturing the human experience. And for better, for worse, our bodies and our sexuality sexuality is a part of the human experience. So when Christians make films and they totally ignore this part of the human experience, that's a big, big part. And right. their art seems inauthentic and, and cheap. And so I'm wondering, what do you think when it comes to portraying this very human thing in art, how do we do this in a way that both protects the people making it, doesn't cause the people watching it to, uh, to stumble, for lack of a better word, sorry, um, all the Christianese guys out there, and, <laughs> but still portrays something beautiful that can touch the heart through this very human experience? 
Well, that is a great question. And the uh, simple answer to it is, I don't know. The more complicated and um, longer answer, because I want to talk more, is, um, no, is, I mean, I've struggled with this for, for a long time because, you know, like you said, in, in a very similar upbringing to yours where, you know, sex was never considered, you know, something bad or something I was needed to be ashamed of, you know, my, as the growing up period, as I was having those feelings, you know, my family was really good at making sure that I didn't feel bad about those things. But on, on the other hand, you know, I, you know, we didn't, we didn't really watch, you know, much in the way that, you know, we keep it away from, you know, sex and nudity things. And I, I'm yes. even, even now, I mean, like, if you go, I go into a theater or whenever there's a scene like that, I try to turn away because I know that, you know, the, the, the effect of it tends to be almost like getting a really high dose of sugar, you know, a really mm. intense dose of, 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 of dopamine that can be addictive. So I, I know that that, has addictive quality for me. It was interesting because I would grow up and, and kind of not be around that stuff and mostly not consuming media like that. But then I would go to New York City and, you know, and again, and watch a lot more movies and be a lot more places. I, I lived in the Herald uh, Towers in um, uh, 34th Street, Herald Square, right across from the Victoria's Secret. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> so you open the window and you're going, okay, well, not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I mean, no, I would literally, I would walk home from school and you know go home and there it was in all its glory and you know and 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 there were be, be some negative effects because if i had a bad day at school you know i i would start to enjoy that dopamine hit um in order to you know feel better um and 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 it was something that i couldn't really talk about also with most people and i, I have a similar sort of experience you know the, there's a lot of cases where feminists have talked about the problem of over-sexualization, but my experience of feminists also was if I ever mentioned the fact that, you know, how someone dressed or seeing the female body, you know, caused that reaction in me, the, uh, what I would be told was, well, that's your problem and your dirty mind. It has nothing to do with the actual image itself. And so I realized I couldn't really talk to most people about you know, most, particularly most women sort of about that struggle that I had. And so um, I, you know, but again, like you said, you know, taking it back to how does one do this, you know, as an artist, somebody who's trying to figure out how to make art that celebrates um, everything that's about myself, I realized that was a part of myself I really didn't know how to deal with or talk about or show. Um, and, you know, I think it's like there's, there's a scene in The Fighter where, you know, at one of my favorite movies, that but it does like have a scene where you know a guy is first seeing a girl that he likes and of course you know she bends over and you know he's looking at her butt and it's like that is like you know i've heard people tell the stories how they met their spouse and, like that's very realistic it's like okay i'm seeing them in all their glory you know and saying like you know and it's like that's that's a real part of the human experience that's like part of the story of um, attraction is a part of you the human experience and so it's mm -hmm. like okay how does one do that and i don't know how to do that even though without it having a somewhat negative effect sort of on the audience. I'll give, I'll give one example, two examples of ways I've seen it done well. It's not a whole answer, but the answer of the old Hollywood movies would do a lot in terms of repartee and sexual tension and sexual innuendo without that would be talking about and alluding to the human experience of that without actually showing stuff. You know, like, you know, um, It Happened One Night is a, is a great example of that 
where they would and they would partially do that because mm -hmm. you had these catholic and religious organizations saying we're going to you know tell our congregation not go see your movies if you don't do that um another example the good old congregation control good old, yeah back, with the, <laughs> back in the good old days yeah the other thing is actually um i believe is um i'm gonna hate myself if i don't get this right but nancy myers who wrote and directed um uh something's gotta give uh the romantic comedy because in that they have a, a the opening is it's fascinating because it's a female writer director writing from the point of view of a playboy male talking about what he loves about women and it's this whole montage of women going out on the town and having fun enjoying themselves and this man talking about what he loves about young women and there's what i thought was amazing about it was that unlike you know a fast and furious movie that you know basically attempts to only show like they basically shoot the camera so it only shows the middle section of the woman mm. um mm -hmm. they this scene showed beautiful women but it shot always shot so you saw both their faces and their bodies and that was something that was i was really struck by because it was like okay the thing is here they're showing beautiful people but they're not reducing them to certain parts of them they're saying that they're beautiful and they're people because you saw their faces and saw those things. Now, so that's only a an incomplete answer, but it is something about how I've been talking about as I write, as I direct films, and think of making sure that I'm showing the whole person involved when I'm showing them also as beautiful. So that was a very long answer. Now, no, that's great. <laughs> no, no, what I'm interested in, Keely, I'm going to toss it over to you. Um, so that's from the perspective of a filmmaker, and he's in. I would say that you are one of the few who want to balance both the the beauty of and the even just the reality of human experience and attraction and um it, and not pretending like that doesn't exist in every yeah. single person um yeah. while still respecting um women while still respecting people while still respecting bodies without exploiting them and it and that's a really hard balance to find but i want to ask you kelia as an actress as someone who will typically be asked to be in projects um yeah. and who has a body of a woman who is a woman what do you think about first of all how can filmmakers um both show the reality of the human experience of attraction love uh sexuality um and, for, and partly do you think that's important and second of all what is how, how would that be done in a way that you would want to be a part of the project? And how would that be done in a way that you wouldn't feel you were exploited, that you wouldn't feel your body was there to earn a buck, that you were there as a whole person while still paying attention and acknowledging the real human aspect of attraction and beauty and such, but in a way mm -hmm. that you wouldn't feel exploited? How, how would you, what kind of project would that be for you? And how would that look? By the so way, I'm I, What was that? <laughs> By the way, I'm taking notes. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, to start off, I do think it is important to um, keep sexuality, you know, human sexuality in movies to some respect or in some respect, um, because it is just part of the human nature. It's just every single human being has experienced this in some way or another. Um, so as an actress, I think, it's really important to keep that. And um, sorry, what was the second part of your question? What kind of project <laughs> would you want to be a part of and what would it look like? Okay. Um, 
when do you feel like somebody's crossing the line into a place you'd be uncomfortable versus comfortable and yeah what kind of project that would still be honest about the reality of sexuality and human attraction um but do it in a way that you would feel safe and that you would feel respected what would that look like well i actually loved what joseph brought up earlier which was old hollywood movies Mm -hmm. um people always think that they're just so prudish and you know just outdated and mm. old fashioned. I mean, you know, and to some extent right. they are, they, they had <laughs> married couples sleeping in separate beds. That's a little <laughs> silly, but there is something beautiful that they did. And that was, they implied so much. Mm. And I think you also brought this up, Joseph. Um, they would create tension yeah. much more than we do anymore. A lot of times I feel like I go um, see the latest rom-com and just within the first like 10 minutes of a guy and a girl meeting, <laughs> they're just already, you know, going back to one of their apartments. Right. And it just really takes, I guess, the magic mm. out of um, sexuality. And I think it cheapens it right. in a lot of ways. And that's a project that, no, I, I wouldn't want to be part of something that cheapens um, our inherent mm. sexuality. I think, I think, I really love the idea of just, it's just better left to the imagination. Hmm. There is a power behind implication, yeah. if that makes sense. There's a yeah. power to mystery. And yeah. and also there's a power, like you said, uh, it's not even, uh, you, you know, um, it's not even just uh, uh, the nudity aspect. And Kill, you touch on this and the, that we see exploited now. It's also just the sexual aspect, even if they don't show bodies you have the the people meeting and they jump into bed before you can get to your third scene or the second act. Right. And, and aside from, you know, your moral qualms, whatever, I'd say that a lot of times it's just bad writing. There is something beautiful yeah. to a romance that builds to a tension that builds and crescendos. Um, and I think, you know, not to get real, uh, you know, old fashioned on everyone, but I think that's the beauty of marriage is it, is marriage is the crescendo of a building romance and tension. It's good storytelling. Marriage is good storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right, Keely. I think there is something powerful about those old movies. It's the same way in horror. I think some yeah. of the most horrific movies I've ever seen, you don't see people, you know, cutting the knife in and splitting yeah. their heads off. What yeah. you see is all implicated. And it's more powerful that way. I mean, look at a lot of Hitchcock films, some of the scariest yep. films ever made. Even now there, there are um, directors who do this. Some of the scariest, most unsettling films you'll ever see without having a shred of explicit violence. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, is, which is interesting where I almost feel like when I see something overly violent, it doesn't affect me as much. Yeah. And I'd say in the same way, pornography on one end of, uh, of this discussion, I would say is really unbeautiful. Right. I'd say there's nothing beautiful, sensual um, about or or romantic about pornography, even though it's on the far um, spectrum of exploiting this issue. Um, so to all the filmmakers out there, especially ones who want to respect women, listen to Kilia. I think mystery yeah. is beautiful and actually <laughs> yeah. can be a powerful storytelling move. Absolutely, yeah. Well, this is a fascinating thing because what we're what we're what we're what we're coming to here is a very interesting thing. It's just there's something about sex and sexuality that is sacred and there is in a sense almost no way to do it explicitly in that that does not to some degree um defile it and i'm i'm Mm. kind of interested in that aspect of it because you know again like what 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 many people say particularly nowadays is that the problem with it is that it's unequal 
So it's like the problem of it is it happens far more often to women than to men. The problem is that, you know, women are being seen through the male gaze, um, mm -hmm. which is why you get scenes like the recent Emma, which is an amazing film, by the way, where it's like, okay, it's, this is done by women. So let's see the male butt, you know, mm. uh, in this <laughs> random scene. Let, let's make it fair. If it's going to exactly. be bad for one set of people, the way to fix this is just to make it bad for everybody. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but what we're seeing here is that what was in this discussion we're finding is like, maybe that's like not the problem. The problem is there's something actually about it that de desacredizes it and when when we we do it and i think it's it's interesting i mean you know every every culture even the cultures that have less you know less um clothes on typically they usually have some kind of clothes on that if you take it off they will be very embarrassed so that kind of that kind of hmm. something sacred in the in the body um and they talk about that a lot in the book the anatomy of love but um it's but, not a line i, I always yeah. say this when it comes to moral things it's very often not align like well you can have this much and christians always try to do this as right. everyone tries to do this even that you know the modern progressives um try to find in in the more of the social justice world what's the line we can cross and what we can't we cross right and i think it's less aligned more direction c.s lewis talks about yeah. how there's a woman who's buttoned up to her neck in in england right. who is less modest than the girl wearing only leaves in an island you know right. in right. the south pacific and i thought that was an interesting idea it's a direction are we seeking to um honor and respect right. something sacred the body or not and it's a direction and a mindset more than it is a is line the, right but it, and is the question the reason that it's a problem partly because of this, the difference the fact that we're using actual people for it like real people because that's one of the things mm. i always think about especially because you know you there are no stunt doubles for kiss scenes you know like there's no you know it's like when you're in a fight scene you're not actually hurting anybody you know unless something goes terribly wrong um, but what I always think about, you know, and this is one of the reasons that I, as a filmmaker, have always been very, you know, nervous about doing sexual things, like with my actors, is most of the time I'm using actors, I know them. I know them as actual people, like we, mm -hmm. were, we were friends. And it's like, I don't want to do that to them. And so I wonder if part of the reason that we all are kind of like, ah, I maybe just shy away from it is because, you know, you have to use a real actor or a real actress for it. Do you think that that's the component or is there something else that really makes it that there's something wrong with explicitly showing sex in a way that isn't if you explicitly show violence or the monster at the end of a horror movie? That's an interesting thing. And I'm going to give my two cents and then toss it over to Kelia for her reaction. Um, but I, I have noticed with a lot of artists, especially because I've been in you know multiple debates um, with filmmakers and right. you know, it, or just consumers of art, and I'm not going to call out particular shows, yeah. um, oh. but there are shows that I have chosen <laughs> not to watch because, um, for better or for worse, I don't think they treat women well, and I think mm -hmm. they're expletive, and I think they um, they use women's bodies in in an expletive expletive way right. to for money and for viewers. Yeah. And whenever I um, get these conversations, a lot of times the artist or just the viewer will say, "But it's art." And that's always an interesting thing to me as if art supersedes humanity. And right. I always have to remind them, yes, yeah. art is important. I'm an artist. Making beautiful and authentic and true art is, is what I aspire to do. But there is a hierarchy here of right. importance. Mm, and yeah. there's something that is higher than good art. And it feels like a lot of people, they put good art at the very top of their importance list. And I think there's something higher than good art. And that is people and their well-being. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think... When we see people, 
women especially as tools as just tools to make good art then we are literally objectifying them they are being sacrificed in the name of good art their well-being their mental well-being their emotional well-being their dignity is being sacrificed in the name of good art so i always push back and say i think that you are making an idol out of good art and i think there's something higher than that and that is loving and protecting someone because like you said this isn't a painting and that there's a whole nother argument this isn't a video game this is a person and i it's so funny yeah. that you have to say this and you've said this to Keely, like to me Keely, all the time is does it matter that you have to say it's someone's sister or mother and unfortunately with humans you do because you have to give them yeah. context right. and i yeah. always ask them i, I say <laughs> okay so you're okay with this person doing it but like you said joseph you know these people, so it's harder. And I have a feeling that, that they're okay with it because they don't know them. Right. This is just a, a person who are serving as a tool for their entertainment. And But this is a person. This is someone who will go home and cry that now a million people have seen something private about them. Yeah. This is someone who will say, I felt used. This is someone who has hopes and dreams. This is someone who's a little girl once. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting when I ask people who say, ah, it's just art. You can just do anything you want because it's art, art, art. I say, would you be okay with your sister doing this or your mother or your daughter? And they and I've literally had people unfriend me at that point in the conversation. <laughs> and I'm going, I, I think I must have hit a nerve because as soon as it comes to a personal thing, like you a said, the friends, you realize that everyone, I hate to say this again, is someone's daughter, sister, mother. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, it's just yeah. interesting to me. Kelia, what do you, when someone tells you, but it's high art, it's good <laughs> art, so you should get naked. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel? Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, like you said, I think art and expression, I think are so, so important. And I think it's one of the ways that human beings can relate to each other just immediately without even speaking the same language. So I think it's one of the most important things for us to Mm -hmm. relate. But at the same time, as you were saying, um, this is a real person. Mm -hmm. And I can say that as a woman, it's a woman that deals with insecurities about her body she has hopes and she has dreams and she has a childhood that no one seems to really care about they just want to see close-ups of her body parts Mm -hmm. um do these things make you feel more or less valued because there there is an argument on both sides that this will make women feel more valued like you're saying empowering Mm -hmm. when you are asked to do these things has it made you feel more or less valued just the least amount of value honestly um I've heard so many stories about these huge actresses that would get drunk before they did these scenes because they just couldn't get through it otherwise. And honestly, I think um, I thankfully never um, agreed to do a scene like that. But I think if I had in my more (laughs) lost um, days, I would have probably needed to do the same thing. it does leave you just feeling really, I guess, used would be mm-hmm. a word that comes yeah. to mind. And that could be um, because you were. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And just real quick, uh, just uh, a side note. If you are a woman who has been pressured into a scene like this or done it, there's nothing but love and grace here. There's yeah. nothing but you can, we will gladly cast you in any of the movies as long as you're good. Um, that that we're, we're making, this has no yeah. bearing on our value of you. We just want to find the best way to value you right. yeah. and other women actors. That's a very good people. point, yes. Yeah, because I, I do understand the pressure. 
Oh yeah. Um, because there are so many voices telling you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be tasteful. Tasteful is always a word that's <laughs> around just to make us feel more comfortable. I don't know, you know. Um, well, wait, what was that? You ran across a, a, a breakdown a while ago and it gave a breakdown oh for gosh. how much each of each part of your body is worth. Oh, yeah. Oh, more yeah. So it, it was for this really, really big um, TV show uh, produced and I think directed by this um, A-list actor that everyone just loves. <laughs> and it's shot here in New York. And um, there was this breakdown that was asking, it was like um, a, a featured role for this TV show. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm, you know, let's see what this role is. Yeah. And I opened it up and it, they're looking for young women. I think it was ages like 18 to 30. So very, very young women. Yeah. Um, and they said- Teenagers even. Essentially, yes, uh, down to teenagers. Um, and they said, we are looking for women to portray strippers and we do need varying levels of nudity. So there are some women that will just only be topless. And then there are other women that will be fully nude. Yeah. And the price jump was um, if you were only topless, you're getting paid $600 for the day. And if you were fully nude, it was $1,200 for the day. So I was like, Oh, so these producers, yeah. casting directors, whomever, just put a price tag on the bottom half of my body and it's $600. Yeah. Literally, a, yeah. not even figurative, literally a, a price tag, tag yeah. on different on you exploiting different parts of your body. And I hate to say how many times I have seen breakdowns like it's, this. It's a joke. Every um, week she shows me and we laugh at it. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. it's keep every crying. week. Yes. Yes. Yeah, really. Yes. So. yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's really, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I think, you know, one of the things that the Christian ethic um, and Christian um, uh, activists have throughout the centuries of, of Christendom and post-Christendom have made a point of is that there are certain things that you cannot put a price tag on. Hmm. And, and one yeah. of them is, you know, human freedom and life in terms of slavery uh, which was a huge debate that you know with people like William Wilberforce, you know, and, and spearheaded, um, and uh, or, or participated in, and then you know I think and and sex and sexuality, you know, it it seems like it has to be one of those things too. Um, so, wondering, is is there something else that we haven't dealt with on this topic that either of you would like to pursue? I don't know. I feel like we've covered it well. And if we don't, and we realize we didn't, then we were going to have a follow-up episode because we always need more content and we're never yeah. going to stop overthinking stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, I guess everyone, if you have uh, uh, thoughts or questions about this topic, things that we haven't covered, then you suggest those to us. So then you become part of giving us an excuse to create more content and to overthink things more. Because it's not just about us overthinking it, but you overthinking it too. And maybe we've come up with an answer, the answers or questions we've come up with don't satisfy you. And so that's great because it just means we get to think about it some more and come up to, with a better answer. All right, so this is the part of the episode then where we take a look at some of the art that we have been consuming, digesting, or um, participating in throughout the week or such. And, uh, and give it a bless it or curse it. And so I don't know if, um, Achilia, of course, if you want to participate in this 
as well. You are allowed to, but you are also okay. an obligation to. Because See, you you, you have to come up with a thing <laughs> that you want to bless and a thing you want to curse. I'm so, so stressed. Your, <laughs> your, fa- your favorite, you are okay. you are okay. your favorite you are art, used movie, book okay. um, that okay. you've been, oh, you really have been liking this one particular book. I, um, I was, yeah. Um, and then something that you really didn't like that you a piece of art that i consumed that i hated yeah yes okay but you can either go first or last depending on how much time you want i'm I'm... gonna i'm gonna go last because i don't want a lot of time (laughs) 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 i'm i'm ready whenever you are joseph so you can go first or i can go so i'll go first i'll go first this time i would say the um thing i will bless is I've just watched for the first time, I know I'm really late, I just watched for the first time the Coen Brothers directed version of the movie True Grit. Oh, and funnily I, enough, I auditioned Kelia for auditioned that. for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It was actually my first really big audition. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. What, what was, yeah. was it for like the lead? Was it? Yeah, it was for the oh lead. My I, gosh. Mean, I got a phone call from one of the casting directors and they're like, we would love for you to send over an audition tape. Oh my gosh, it's just freaking oh, out. I think man. I was like 14, at the time. Oh, yeah. so I'd be married to <laughs> Haley Steinfeld right now. I lost out to <laughs> Haley Steinfeld, yeah. Wow, okay, man, Haley. you in a really bad Transformers prequel. That's amazing. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a debate for another time. So I just really liked, I, I really liked, I, I watched the original movie too. I was really impressed by the way it dealt with, you know, um, people of faith trying to deal with the issues of justice mm. in, in a, a more savage time and, you know, relationships between men and women and how they depend on each other and make each other better in that story. And the, the, it was much more strained than typical Coen Brothers movies are in terms of their humor, but like you could see their humor there and their, their kind of, their, their understanding of the foibles and and but also uh, glory of human nature. So I really liked it. I didn't like the epilogue part of it so much. I, I had problems with that, but like everything up to that was excellent. And so I I really uh, really got a lot out of that and really highly recommend it. So it gets my blessing. Um, curses. I'm going to go a bit lazy here and do a Trolls World Tour. <laughs> that almost feels like it's cheating. Yeah, I mean, maybe. would you do anything else? To it? <laughs> um, because no, I, I, you know, uh, Universal decided to say, okay, we're, you know, it can't come out in theaters. So we're just gonna put it on streaming. And I did watch it. And so a great man named C.S. Lewis, who we overquote on this channel. Um, and we will continue to do so, just so you know. It's not going to stop. Yeah, just just so you know. Yeah. Um, Buckle in. <laughs> um, said that a. Uh, a, a children's story that cannot be enjoyed by adults is not a good children's story. Mm. And I feel oh like gosh, that's the best so summaration of troll, Trolls World Tour that I could give. Um, <laughs> beyond that, it basically, any of its depth, it stole from Frozen 2, which did it better. Uh, there's it's like so much, so many plot lines are just like lifted from Frozen 2. It's amazing, but that one did mm. it better. Um, so yeah, that is the one I will curse. I know that if you are, but I will, I will not curse you if you are a parent who uh, just wanted to give your kids something to uh, to watch for two hours. I totally understand that, but as a piece of art, it gets my curse of the week. All yeah. right, so uh, Nathan Clarkson. Okay, um, my uh, blessing curse of the week. I'm going with two TV shows. And mm. by the way, if I ever curse something and bless something twice, please excuse me. 
Um, I can't remember <laughs> what I've cursed and blessed, but I do have, you know, very heavy opinions on both on, on things. So <laughs> if I hated it, I would probably hate it over and over again. And if I loved it, I'd probably love it over and over again. Yeah. But my we'll have, bless we'll have like we'll have like, you know, a ranking of like double curse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know how much I hated it. Yeah. Um, two curses down. So my bless this week is a little known show. Um, is Canadian show called Slings and Arrows. And it only has three seasons. No one's ever seen it, but critics loved it. And it was kind of this cult TV show that people, if you know it, you love it. And it's where Rachel McAdams began her career. She plays one of the main characters. Yeah, and it's about a small town putting on Hamlet. And it's all the intricacies of running a theater and the different egos and the beauty of, you know, bringing uh, art and and this play to life and the crazy director who's seen a ghost the whole time. So it's just this beautiful, but funny, but touching series that I promise you, you will love um, if you give it a chance. It's called Slings and Arrows and you can find on Acorn TV. And my curse of the week is a TV show called, oh shoot, what's it called? Uh, Run. I oh. yeah, it's an HBO new HBO show and it You're has a couple. To me about this, yeah. Well, it has actors I love in it. It's Domo Gleason and Marriott Weaver, and I think they're both fantastic. Oh yeah, and you know one of the producers is Phoebe Waller Bridge, who I love, and everything. You know, we've been watching this, and, I, and I'm going to finish it. And the thing is, it's oh. technically very good. You're interested. It has great. Um, it has great production value. Right. It's, it's written well. It's paced well. You enjoy it but the characters are so awful. And it's really indicative to me of this new, uh, maybe it's not new, but postmodern kind of thought that as long as you feel something strongly, it's morally okay. And so, which makes for these two characters doing these morally reprehensible, terrible, destructive, I mean, awful things. I'm not going to give anything away, but they're they're hurting people. They're destroying lives, but because they feel good and are finally happy, it's okay. And so, um, and and it's causing you to try to root for them as they do that, which. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. I'm, and I can't, I just can't root for them. Um, but so that that is my curse of the week. That's a run. fair curse. That's a fair curse. Yeah. All right. All right, Kelia. All right, Kelia. Okay. I think I know. I th- I are have... you gonna do the movie we watched the other night for your? Okay. No, okay. Sorry. What movie did we watch? What are you talking about? No, get this. Get this. Well, am I allowed to curse the same thing or not? You can curse that, but I also was wondering if you're gonna do the movie you the watched one the last movie night. about that you said is forgettable, which is ironic because she literally is forgetting it. The one, <laughs> the, the one with the friend and the husband or the fiance. <laughs> <laughs> the the one with the friend that could describe like half Charlie of the Theron. Theron. oh that that was yeah okay I can try that but okay so I mean, you I'll hated it a lot bless so. this yes so uh, <laughs> my bless of the week uh, I have been reading um, the Great Divorce by C S Lewis yeah and I honestly did not know what to expect uh, <laughs> yeah. when I picked it up everyone was just kind of like you just gotta read it you just gotta read it yeah. so. I thought, okay, well, it's only, you know, 140 some odd pages. I'll, you know, just get through this real fast. And I just find myself spending so much time reading this book because it is just the most beautiful book I have ever read that I want to make sure I am taking in every single word. Um, I mean, this just further reinforces, and here we are talking about C.S. Lewis again. um, (laughs) It just further reinforces that C.S. Lewis is just, one of the most just beautiful, thoughtful, poetic writers of all time, honestly. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I'm, I've just, I've yeah. been really just. That's a good bless, especially around here. We're okay yes. with blessing C.S. Lewis works. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If he was Catholic, um, he'd be a saint. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anglicans really need to get on the saint thing. Yeah, yes. we need to, yeah, we need to get on that. Um, what, I mean, what, what was that movie called? The one that you want me to curse. Well, you don't have to curse <laughs> it. Have to curse, but he you seemed to not like it. Egalitarian marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm ordering her to curse this. No, I guess I just, I guess I just don't even remember enough about it to curse it. Yeah, um, you, can, well, it's you, can, a, you can be do his. You want to curse run also? I'm kind of wanting to. Oh, you want to curse run too? Okay. Okay. Than, no, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. Explain why you would curse run. I think I did hate that movie that we were talking about, but. I just don't remember it either, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, run. Yes. I'll go ahead and curse that one as well. Yeah. And I think what makes it so bad, I'm actually going to take it even further than Nathan, um, did. Mm. Cause he said, you know, he, he basically took it as, oh, as long as we are feeling this thing very strongly, then it is morally. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't think they even care about things being morally. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's completely not even a thing in the show. Um, it is very much a uh, hedonistic, this is what I feel in the moment, this is what I'm going to do in the moment. Um, it doesn't really matter who it hurts, morals yeah. are out the window. As long as it makes um, me happy. Yes, it's it's very much a me-centric. And I really do hate that they're asking us. Actually, I don't even, I'm still debating if they're even asking us to root for these characters because I'm really just not sure how you can ask us to root for these people. Um, but again, I think White people the acting <laughs> yeah <laughs> Irish people <laughs> um, but yeah. again, I think the acting is incredible. I do think the writing is um it's well written, it's just the characters are just we should the do worst. a we should do a whole episode on art that is well done that is is are aesthetically good but morally evil and reprehensible that fantastic art. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think you guys should that's, yeah Absolutely. That's, that's really really cool all yeah. right well thank you so much for joining us this time kelia obviously you are welcome anytime we'll have our people call your people oh, um, thank you. <laughs> that's that's just me just, this just turning my head to the other side of the couch hey, don't tell the them how the sausage is made <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, yes and please again like i said if you have a suggestion for something you want us to talk about or something you thought we missed in this discussion please let us know and thank you for give us all the stars on all the things share us with all of the people and oh and Yes. And I'm going to oh, say yes. this real quick. This you, can, yes. you can find, okay, what your website is yes. to find My Joseph. My website is overthinkingfilms.com. Mine is nathanclarkson.me. Kelia? Keliaclarkson.me. And the thing is, she just wrote an entire article for an online magazine called Evie Magazine yes. about this whole sexuality and yes. art and nudity thing. So please check that out. It got yeah. a lot of shares, went viral. So check that out because <laughs> she she expands on it even more yeah. than we did. So yeah. excellent. Um, yes, and go yeah. go go, go to uh, Evie Magazine and tell them that you know it was us who sent you there. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's a great magazine, and she writes a lot of great stuff for it. Um, oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. All right. All right. So um, until next time, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. And that's definitely going to be our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 